Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for being online this morning with us with Christ Centered Online. We are absolutely grateful that you're here this morning. And so remember this, that Christ-centered church empowers people to replace a self-centered life with a Christ-centered life. And for all of our first-time guests who are joining us, we are so happy that you're with us today. Our prayers that you've enjoyed the worship and that you open your heart and receive the Word. We're going to jump right into the Word of God today. And uh, we've been doing this series entitled Help Needed. And so this morning, we're going to go a little bit further in the series. So if you would, open your Bible to one of my favorite passages of Scripture, which is Psalm 27. Psalm 27. And if you have your devices or you're at home, you may have your real Bible with you today. You may have that big Masonic Bible that you used to have on the coffee table. Whatever works for you, I want you to go with me this morning to the Word of God. And here's how it reads. Psalm 27, starting at 1, it reads, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and my foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise up against me, in this I will be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Here's the part I like. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me on a rock, and now my head shall be lifted up above all my enemies, or my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. So far, our scripture reading. This morning, I want to talk to you from this thought in our next uh, installment of Help Needed is this. Here's what we're calling it. This is what I know. In a season where everything is changing every day, whether it's things on, on the shelves in the grocery store changing, whether it's uh, whether we stay home or go out, it's changing. Numbers are going up and down every day. But there is one thing that you need to be sure of, and we're going to talk about it today. The scriptures are uh, replete as we go from Genesis all the way through Revelations when God tells us not to fear. He says to Abraham, do not fear. He says to Moses and Joshua, he says to Gideon, do not fear. Over in the New Testament, he says to uh, his disciples, hey, don't be afraid. I'm with you. And so all the way through the text of Scripture, God is telling us through his Holy Spirit, through Jesus, through the writers, he's saying, do not be afraid. And the Psalms, as we have been studying them for the past three weeks, we've been dealing with Psalms. The Psalms tell us all the way through, do not be afraid. 
even in this season, I believe that the Psalms will help you in any season of life, actually. The Psalms will help you because they bring instruction and they bring wisdom and they bring comfort. And today's text stays right in that framework when David is teaching us, when he says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? So David has this amazing, what I like to call, uh, therapeutic way of dealing with stress. If you watch him in his writings, David talks to himself a lot. And one of the things we can learn from him is how we manage stress and how we manage anxiety is that sometimes you just need to talk to yourself. You need to shut the TV off lay the phone down, and you need to talk to yourself and start recounting what you know and how good God has been. It's a spiritual discipline. It's called reflection. And David oftentimes talks to himself. So as he is talking to himself, there is something that uh, he, he, he oftentimes asks his, himself questions, stuff like this. He'll say, uh, uh, why art thou cast down, O my soul? And he'll go and say, hope thou in God. He tells himself where to be. You know, we often come to church and we say, I will bless the Lord at all times. And we use that as a scripture of exhortation. And it is, but it is David who was talking to himself. I will because I don't feel like it. I'm going to tell myself, you're going to get this under control today and you're going to bless the Lord, soul. He commands his soul to bless the Lord. It's in, uh, in Psalm uh, 121, he says this, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. Then he asks himself a question, from where does my help come? Then he answers that question and he says, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. In this season of trying times and uncertainty, it is going to be good for you to stop and talk to yourself. When anxiety sets in, when everybody in the house is tripping, when you're about to just turn it out, you're going to have to stop and talk to yourself and say, why are you so upset? Why are you so fearful? Because you need to know that you know that God is in control of it all. So David does something here. He lifts up three statements in the text that I think is pretty cool today for us to just lay this out here and look at these statements that David lays out. I'm not preaching the text or, or, or these statements, but I just want to lay them out here for you. Uh, somewhat like the movie The Help, when, uh, when the lady says to the little girl, you is smart, you is kind, you is important. I want to lay these out here in that same way. I want you to hear this that way. And all that David writes here in Psalm 27, 1 through 7, these three main statements come out. Number one, I won't be afraid. Number two, I am confident. And number three, I will rejoice. Three statements that we got to deal with right here that in, when, in troubled times, when things are uncertain, when everything's going crazy, when you're questioning what tomorrow holds. You got to lay these questions out here in front of you. Let them come up in your spirit. I won't be afraid. I will be confident. I will rejoice. So if I was talking to David, I, I would ask David, why? Why these three statements, David? Why is it that you're telling me that you won't be afraid? You will be confident. You will rejoice. 
Why these three? Here's what I believe David would say to us, and here's our takeaways today. So if you're writing, you can write this down. If you're typing, you can type this down. I believe that David would say, number one, I can say all this, Pastor, because I know who he is. That is relational. So now when we start thinking about this and we hear David talk about uh, him not being afraid, we got to remember that David is, uh, is what the old saints would say that uh, I tried him and I know him, that David has tested the Lord, that David has been with him and him, him, the Lord has been with David. So when David starts saying stuff like, I know who he is, we got to think about it in this position because David Number one, when David uh, was a kid, keeping his dad's sheep, a bear and a lion came up, and he killed both of them with his bare hands. So he says, I know, I am confident, I won't be afraid, I, I will rejoice because I know who he is, because in the time when I should have been overwhelmed and killed, he showed up. So with the lion and the bear... He showed up. Here's the, I had to go from a lion and a bear, and I had to deal with a giant. And in dealing with a giant, I should have been killed. But I wasn't killed because he was there. I know who he is. Not only did I have to deal with a, a bear, a lion, I had to deal with a giant. He says, I also had to deal with the king, Saul, who was trying to kill me. And all the time I was trying to get away and honor him and not kill him, God was right there with me, and he spared my life when Saul, who was my mentor at one time, was trying to kill me. I know who he is. You know how I know him? I know him a little bit further when I fell into sin with Bathsheba, and I had to fight myself in the midst of that. God was right there. Not only did I have to fight me, I had to fight my son who kicked me out of my own throne. So I got family issues, and God was right there when my daughter was raped by my son, and I got family issues all around. God was right there with me the whole time. I know who he is. Got a question to anybody watching? Do you know who he is? Have you had opportunity to wrestle with God and prevail? Has he touched your hip so that you've been changed in how you walk? Have you had any kind of encounter with God? Has he been good? Has he been faithful? Do you know him. It is only through your challenges and your issues and your ups and your downs where you get to know him. Stop running away from trouble. Sometimes you got to run to trouble because when you run to trouble, he steps in and you get to know him a little bit better. Touch your neighbor and say, I know him. I know him. I know him. Praise team is in the room. Y'all can talk back to me. It's okay. Says you can talk to your people in your room. It's okay. I know him. David says, I can say that I, I, I am not afraid. I can be confident. I will rejoice because I know him. There are some things that I hate that I went through, but I can tell you that because I went through them, I know him a little bit better. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Because I went through them, I know it was good that I was afflicted because now I keep your word. I know him a little bit better. David says, I can make these statements because I know him. Watch this. Here's the next thing he says. He says, I can make these, st these statements because not only do I know him, but I know that he has power, and that's positional. See, I know him, that's relational, but I know that he has power, and that is positional. 
That's why when Jesus teaches us to pray, he says, pray in this manner. He says, pray our Father relationship. Who art in heaven, position. That's positional because the God who is in heaven, who is my Father, is in control of everything. And so you got to really rest in the fact that God has power in everything you do. God has power. Here's what David says, though an army may be encamped against me, he says, my heart shall not fear, though war may rise up against me in this Will I be confident? Now, it's one thing to deal with enemies. Those are people. But when you start talking about uh, armies and wars, that's talking about power. And he says, even when what seems to be most powerful comes at me, I realize that he has all power. I like it when David says this in Psalm 62, 11. He says, God has spoken this once, and I've heard it twice, that the power belongs to God. That ought to encourage somebody today that the power belongs to God. I know what they're saying on TV. I know what they're saying on the radio. I know what the news is saying, but the bottom line is the power be belongs to God. The government can give you a stimulus, but God will give you power. He will give you the power to live with a thing. He'll give you a power to get over a thing. He will give you the power to come up out of what you went down into because he is the one that's in control. And David says, I know that he has power because the power belongs to God. And that's where I'm resting this morning. I'm resting in the fact that regardless of what's going down, he has the power. At any moment, he can snap his finger and all of this will be over. At any second, he can blink his eye. Don't let him start pronouncing words and judgments over things and people because he has the power. And as long as you are in relationship with the one who has the power, why are you afraid? Where is your confidence? Where is your ability to stand up in your house and say, we will not have anxiety. We're going to be fine. We're going to sleep well. We're going to eat good. We're going to have enough toilet tissue, and everything is going to be fine because our God has the power. Somebody say he has the power. Here's the last thing David says. David says that I will be, he says, I won't be afraid. I will have confidence. He says, and I will rejoice. Why will you rejoice, David? David says, I will rejoice because I know what worship can do. It is transformational. Now, let me say this to you. This text will encourage you if you let it. Verse 4 of 27 says this, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me. Now, now, now look at what he's saying now. He is telling you why he's worshiping. Because he gets down here at the end and he says, yeah, yeah, I will sing praises because of all of that up there. Because here's the thing about worship. Worship will transform you and translate you from where you are to where God is. Psalm 22 says, but you are holy, thou who inhabits the praises of your people Israel, because our worship builds a throne, okay, for God to sit in. So wherever we start worshiping, worship is a tool that starts building space for God to come in. 
And based on David, David says, when I start worshiping, he then takes me out of that place of trouble. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me. Here's what is so cool about this. It does not say that in the time of trouble, he'll get rid of trouble. It says, in the time of trouble, he'll hide me because God ain't worried about trouble. He says, I want to take you into a secret place where I can start changing your perspective about things. I want to take you into a secret place where trouble can't get in. I want to take you where a virus can't get in to harm your body, where the virus can't get in to harm your mind. I want to get you into a place. He says, so when you start worshiping me, you build a space for me to come in. And when I come in, I bring you in to a secret place. And that's what worship does. David is saying, worship is transformational. When all these people are trying to kill me and run and running after me, I start worshiping and he hides me. What if he takes me into the secret place to change my perspective? So when he releases me back out to where trouble is, I don't see trouble the same way. What if it's a perspective change that what now we are calling trouble, but once I spend time with him it is no longer trouble maybe it's necessary maybe what we was calling trouble we should call necessary maybe what we were calling trouble we should be calling promotion maybe what we were calling trouble we should be calling the moment of strengthening in my life are you hearing what i'm saying because some stuff you go through brings strength and power you don't get stronger because you got good days all the time So there's a transformation. There is a transition that happens in worship. And our worship builds a place for God. God comes in and he brings us to another place with his worship. That's why you can't sit in the house however long we got to sit in the house and just watch TV and just scroll. You need to have some time where you start worshiping and God can translate you from the place of confusion and anxiety into a place of peace. For in his presence, there is fullness of joy. At his right hand, there are pleasures evermore. There should be a time that you set aside for you individually and for the family, at the family corporately, that we all stop and start worshiping God, sing great songs, sing scripture, uh, uh, read scriptures over, over each other, simply because when we worship, There is a transformation that happens. People start knocking on your door. Said, I I know we're supposed to have social distance, but I feel like something's drawing me over here. Because God has a way that when you start worshiping him, he'll start reaching out to others. Well, wow, that's what the scripture said, that if he be lifted, if we lift him, he'll draw. And there's some people in your family, there's some people just on Facebook, there's some people maybe on FaceTime that when you start worshiping God, maybe their situation can change. David says, I can rejoice because I know that when I start worshiping, something happens. Now watch the text. Watch the text because he says this. He says, um, I want to behold the, beautiful, uh, the beauty of the Lord and inquire in simple. He says, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in, in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle shall he hide me. Watch what happens when we worship. Look at what he says. He shall set me on a rock. If you're writing, write this down. Worship stabilizes you. Whenever you feel like, whenever you feel like, 
you're about to have a meltdown or you're overwhelmed. I don't know if I can handle this. It's too much work. I got work. I got home. I got my parents I'm taking care of. Whatever it is, when you start worshiping, worship stabilizes you. It gives you solid footing. Old songs like, on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Because worship will stabilize you. He says that he will set me on a rock. Watch. Then he goes on to say, he set me on a rock, and now my head shall be lifted up over my enemies all around me. Now watch. First, we realize that worship moves us. Because when I started worshiping, he brings me into a secret place. Then when I worship, he sets me on a rock. It stabilizes me. But then it says that he will cause my head to be lifted up over my enemies because worship gives you an advantage. If you're living in a deficit, I would check your worship. If you feel like, man, everything's going, I can't seem to, to get ahead. It seems like every time I get, you know how we say two step, uh, one step forward, I get two steps back. That's because maybe you need to spend some time in worship because worship will give you the advantage. He says, it's going to lift my head up over my enemies. And it is in this place of worship that God changes, transforms. And so David says, yeah, I'm not afraid. I'm confident. I'll rejoice because through all of that, God is protecting me, and this is what I know. Here's my question. With everything that you're hearing, what do you know? With everything that you're reading, what do you know? Yeah, yeah, I mean, does fear arise? Sure. I'm not judging that, but when it comes up, what else comes up to take it away? When anxiety happens, and it will happen, what else comes up to stabilize you? This is the time where God is calling us back to his presence. I know you used to say, Pastor, I don't have time. Every time I feel like I want to read my Bible, then I fall asleep. You got it now. What say ye? I know, I know, Pastor, I should, I should take some time to worship, but I just seem to be so busy. You got time now. You telling me I got all this stuff to do. I'm washing clothes and I'm, and I'm, I'm washing dishes. While you're doing all that, you can still worship. Because while you're putting on a load, God can transform you and translate you into a place where you're putting a load in and he's taking a load off. But you got to give him something to work with. And David says, he steps right into this place, and he says, with all this stuff happening in my life, I'm not going to trip, because in dark times, he's my light. In times where I don't know if I'm going to make it, he's my salvation. And because of that, I'm not going to fear. When my enemies, my foes, everybody that don't like me, whatever you want to call them, my frenemies, when they come, they stumble. When it gets bigger than them and powers seem to come against me, I ain't tripping because I got a desire. And my desire is to get into your presence. Now, here's your question What do I desire? What do I desire? Do I desire to spend time with God 
Or am I desiring to laugh at all the memes? Don't get me wrong, that stuff is funny. But at some point, you got to put that down and let God take you into the most holy place. Because it is in his presence that stuff gets burned off, fear and anxiety and worry. Listen, listen. Man, I hope, I hope the stimulus comes through for everybody. But that's not your source. That's not your, store, your source. God is your source. And this is what you need to know. There's a song that we used to sing, um, this, So arise to your rest and be blessed by our praise as we glory in your embrace. I've heard some people change the words, and they say, no, it's not arise to your rest. It's arise from your rest. And I say, no, it's arise to your rest because God rests in our worship. So it's not like he sits down and we start worshiping and he stands up. No, it's really more because he who watches over us, who keeps Israel, neither, neither slumbers nor sleeps. But it's almost like he's always on ready for us. And when we start worshiping, it is at that moment that he settles into it for a minute. It is at that place where he says, I'm no longer fighting. I'm loving. And I want to bring you into this space. Change you. Bring you into this place of spiritual transformation from being afraid to worshiping. For lacking confidence to being confident. So I want to pray for you in this moment. I want to pray for your house. So if you're watching and your family is around, maybe the kids playing games, why don't you just call them in the room for a moment? Call them in the room. I'll wait for you to get everybody in the room. You say, well, Pastor, I'm single. Just me and my dog. Get your dog. Pick your dog up, pick your cat up, whatever, whatever's your thing. And we're going we're gonna to worship for a second. I'm going to wait for you. So rise to your rest and be blessed by our praise as we glory in your embrace. As your presence now fills this place, so rise to your rest and be blessed by our praise as we glory in your
household that's watching and worshiping with us I pray Lord Jesus that your presence would step into every room in that house and I plead the blood of Jesus over the doorposts of every house I declare that they are whole and healthy in your name I declare that peace abounds I come against anxiety and fear I speak patience for every family member. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you will be the newest member or the next member in the house. Cause love to abound in every house. I come against anything that will take unity out of the house. And so, Lord, now I thank you that you're speaking to everyone watching that you're giving them instructions about their next step that you're removing fear and leaving confidence there I thank you Father that you're translating us into the most holy place the secret place of the most high and so Lord I pray for our nation that you would cover our nation I pray for the leadership of our nation I pray for President Trump and his cabinet that you would continue to give them wisdom to lead the people of the United States. Now, Lord, I pray for this world. I pray for every leader that has to make decisions for the people that they lead. Would you give them wisdom? Give them understanding and compassion. Give them grace for the job. But, Lord, I ask that you would take control of it all. For we will lift up our eyes to the hills. Where does our help come from, Lord? Our help comes from you. And you made heaven and earth. And regardless of whatever goes on in this world, the power belongs to you. And we give you honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I want to give you an opportunity this morning to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Also, we give you an opportunity to connect with Christ Center Church. So you'll be able to uh, just actually just type right in as we are on Facebook Live. You can type right in. If you would like to be a member here, we'll give you a moment to do that. But first, if you need to know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. Not only will he be your Savior, he's also your protector. He's a very present help in the time of trouble. So I want to give you an opportunity to do that. And so what we'll do here is the way we do it at Christ Center Church is that I'm going to give you a moment to close your eyes and I will lead the prayer and you can repeat after me. So if you would, let's take a moment. If you would bow your head right where you are and if you're ready to receive the Lord Jesus Christ today, repeat after me. God, I come today giving you me for I need to be saved. I ask today 
that you would forgive me for my sins and that you would heal my sin-sick soul. Father, I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. He was buried, but he rose again on the third day with power to save me at this moment. So I confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. Now, thank you, Father, for saving me. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. In Jesus' name, amen.